Well, friends, just a quick reminder before we start this episode that if you go to our website, uh, thegaylikeprofit.com slash shop, you can purchase a race pedigree, not bisexuality, t-shirt, uh, 100% of the proceeds go to the neutral zone. And they're only going to be on sale until July 11th. So get them now. Embrace the beginning of Gay Wrath Month. Um, mm-hmm. Coming out of, you know, now that we're coming out of Pride into Wrath, you should uh, clothe yourself appropriately. <laughs> and the Neutral Zone is doing really good work, and we really think you should support them. Also, the t-shirt's hilarious. So uh, We also have some thank yous. Some very lovely reviews that we want to shout out. We do. We a lot. You guys are the best. I love when we have five new reviews to thank people for in one episode. That's very exciting. So we want to say thank you to Susie and Naomi for their Facebook reviews and to Vampire Willow, Ara9431, and Iram Neil, NYL on iTunes for your glowing five-star reviews. We love you. And that means that we're really, really close to being able to send out our thank you uh, stickers to 10 review leavers. So that's really exciting. Also, shout out to Vampire Willow for your username because... (laughs) Yeah. I think I can speak for the both of us in that we love us some Vampire Willow. Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, so now we have something a little bit deeper to talk about. One of our new review leavers included in their review that they are a white person with dreads, which is something that has become sort of a running joke on our podcast though it's not related to Harry Potter at all. Um, <laughs> and we we talk about it very flippantly. And I guess we want to sort of uh, take this review as an invitation to have like an actual conversation of the type that we would have with someone one-on-one IRL, as opposed to just being like the sort of goofy throwaway line that we usually when we talk about it, that it usually is, uh, words are hard. Yeah. So I, as a white person want to have transparency about like my own journey with this, I guess I did not come to where I am just like immediately fully like realized without a learning curve or process. And like, I I am a white person who has given other white people dreadlocks in my past. It is far in my past at this point, but like I, it's not like I just like naturally ended up in a place where I'm like no that's like a really bad practice and you shouldn't do it. So I I guess I just want to like be really clear like there's not judgment from either of us about the fact that you are where you are currently learning is is a process and like you obviously like you really like our podcast you have good politics and so the point of us talking about this is to like offer you some information that 
like this is emotional labor that we're doing and we're doing this labor because we respect you and want to help you grow yeah so when we when we make comments about white dreads is the sort of kind of gross feeling of cultural appropriation that i feel like and i and it, it almost kind of feels like cultural appropriation light i don't think it's on the same level as like white people you know who wear halloween costumes that are derogatory for like native american and like latino people which is definitely a thing and is gross or like white girls who wear like feathery headbands that are reminiscent of things that like native peoples wear Mm -hmm. like that's that's just as fucking gross and is cultural preparation in a way that's like pretty straightforward uh white dreads i feel like is in sort of a like weird area where yes there are a lot of cultures besides just african and caribbean cultures that have had hairstyles that we would describe as dreadlocks but in 2019 for the past however many years like dreadlocks are a hairstyle that have been adopted by black people as sort of a hairstyle of resistance Mm -hmm. and so i feel like there's a lot of white people who have dreads that don't acknowledge the fact that them wearing having dreads is much different than a black person wearing dreads if you're active on social media you might have seen last year the there was a young black kid who they made he was at a wrestling meet and they made him shave his dreadlocks off or else not compete we can link to an article about how plenty of businesses in this country uh, discriminate against uh black men and women for having like dreadlocks and afros and other kind of like natural hairstyles and I think there's a lot of white people who just don't acknowledge the fact that dreadlocks are a political hairstyle and without white privilege is that they that can cost people their jobs. Or, you know, this young kid who just was trying to fucking wrestle in his wrestling team, like his dignity, I would say. Which is obviously a lot, to, a lot to say about that isn't even relevant to Harry Potter, but like this is kind of where at least I'm coming from whenever I make fun of slash or like white dreads aren't great. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna link to a video where Amanda Stenberg talks about the appropriation of black hairstyles by white people in a way that is like just so clearly laid out so this video i think is just like so i think really really helpful because it is just so like boom 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 point 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 like no extra words no anything it's really great oh yeah they're like extra brilliant it's a politically and culturally fraught discussion especially considering like the way that European standards of beauty have been sort of like shoved down the throats of everyone who is not white in this country, but especially for black Americans. And of course the history of like enslavement and bigotry and all that kind of stuff. It's even more fraught. So just be aware of this when you think, or you're thinking about having a hairstyle that is not of your own culture. It's okay. If you like, aren't aware of these things. You know, we're we're all, we should all be aspiring to lifelong learning and to, like, unlearning a lot of the, like, fucked up things that, like, American society 
has been feeding us literally since birth. None of us are perfect, but like kind of the, I feel like the end goal is to, you know, be learning, be aware of stuff, try to be a better person in this shit stain of world. So, yeah. And the last thing that I want to make sure to say is that you will always be able to find someone who belongs to the group that you are appropriating, who will tell you that what you're doing is fine. And that is not enough to actually make it okay. That doesn't, like, one voice doesn't overrule the many people who do feel harmed. Yeah. Do some do some research and you'll see there's a variety of people who have a variety of feelings about that. And kind of, you know, sit with your own feelings and thoughts about however you feel you need to live a just life if that is a thing that you are interested in doing which you should because what why the fuck else what is the point of all this if not to live a just and anyway this is getting way into the weeds about yeah we've uh, been talking for almost 25 minutes so we probably <laughs> stop uh yeah. but yeah we love all of our listeners and Honestly, I'm like really glad that you included that in your review because I think the point of us making this podcast is to like make the world a better place by having these conversations in the framework of something that is incredibly accessible, aka a widely beloved and uh, read YA series, right? And using that as as a starting point to have these these like very deep and meaningful and like very political conversations. And so, you know, we're probably not going to stop joking about white dreads, but like, I, I am really glad that we had the opportunity to be like, Oh, Hey, you know, listeners with white dreads, here's where that, here's where that's coming from. Like, here's why we're talking about it. And like, our point isn't to be like, fuck off, get away from our podcast. Send us pictures of your cute shaved head. <laughs> if you send us a video of you sh- of you shaving your white dreads off, we'll send you a sticker. We, oh my god, <laughs> I'll send you two. I'll send you two stickers. Yep. Okay. The Gaily Prophet operates under the assumption that you've read the books. If you haven't read the books, go and read them. They're wonderful. And then come back to us. Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled. And that's your choice in this world. Gay people love puns. I'm dead. (laughs) We have to stop this podcast. This book causes Satanism. Is left for us to rant about. There is nothing straight about plum velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter. Hello. And welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a podcast for two queer IRL witches reread Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. 
And I am Griffin Dyke Extraordinaire, Jesse Blount. And we are talking about Chapter 8 of Chamber of Secrets, The Death Day Party. Um, for those of you not reading along at home, what happens in this chapter is nearly headless Nick helps Harry avoid detention and then guilts him into attending his death day party. After mingling with ghosts and meeting Moaning Myrtle at the most goth party ever, the gang stumbles upon the first message from the heir of Slytherin and a petrified Miss Norris. We start this newspaper off with today's headlines. Muggle abuse at Hogwarts. Public outrage to learn that a single muggle is responsible for the janitorial services for the entire castle, despite being the only person there who cannot perform magic. It's such a travesty. Dude. Which comes comes up even more in the next chapter, so... We'll have to have a whole politics section about that. Human Rights Violation Watch. Oh, man. Yeah, Um, it's really bad. We turn to the front page, where we talk about all the things that don't belong in other sections of this newspaper. Starting with a very brief note that I just think it's so sweet that Percy is looking out for Ginny and makes her go take the pepper up potion because she's not looking well. I know, it's very kind of him. He's such a good big brother. In some uh, ways. <laughs> He's trying. Mm-hmm. I just want to say that I want some of that pepper up potion because having a cold is the worst and I get like, I, I, I at least get one to like three a year, including one in the summertime, which is the fucking worst. And if I could just oh, drink yeah, some that's shit terrible. and then just steam it out of my ears for a little while, which sounds uncomfortable, but I guess probably less uncomfortable than having a cold. Totally. And so worth it to make it go away faster. Um, I don't know about you, but I am like a giant baby when I'm sick. I am so dramatic. (laughs) Not intentionally, just like, I just, I'm miserable and I want to be taken care of. (laughs) So I would much rather just be able to be like, yes, take a shot of some weird stuff, feel bad for a minute. Because I take a lot of shots of weird stuff when I'm sick because, like, I'm a hippie nutritionist person. I'm like, yes, like, pure ginger juice, like, disgusting mixture of, like, garlic and cayenne. Give it to me. But none of it makes it go away immediately. So I'd be happy to do it. Yeah, I do that, but then also cold medication because, like, usually what happens is that I'm unable to breathe and then it's like... You're just miserable and like un- and like not being able to sleep, and I'm just like someone just put me out of my. Please let me just sleep forever. Yeah, so... I don't take any of those things usually unless I'm like in really bad shape because I feel like my body is making all that shit to get the germs out. So I usually am more of a like take expectorants person to make it like come out faster and more instead of like suppressing it. Yeah. I'm like, yes, cough that shit out. Get it out of my body. <laughs> so, all right. Also, just a note on that is that I'm like, J.K. Rowling is doing a great job, like, slipping Ginny and her, like, weird behavior in very casually in a way that really doesn't, like, set off any alarm bells. So, even though the rest of the plotting of this book is extremely questionable she is doing a very great job with this yeah i think that's definitely one of her strengths is like 
being able to like weave these small things in and then like right and then you get to the end of this book and you're like wait jenny (laughs) right (laughs) yep what's your first front page uh just that uh nearly headless nick has an angry half inch (laughs) great We have, again, it's raining and wood spirits are not dampened by that. I wonder if we're going to get one of these per book until wood (laughs) graduates. I hope so. I think there might be. I feel like. Yeah, it's great. It's just love a good pun here at the Gailey Prophet, turns out. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a pun. Is it just a play on words? I think it's It's... just a play on words. It's still good, though. It's great. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to say that Harry refers to Filch's connection to Miss Norris as a mysterious power, and I'm like, that's just being a cat parent. Like, I can, like, wake up from a dead asleep with my cats puking halfway across my apartment. Like, I'm like, you just, he's just really in tune to her. I'm like, that's not Yeah, I think it's just, like, a parent thing. I definitely, like, I, right, I will, like, snap awake if I hear the sound of my dogs attempting to drink from an empty water bowl. (laughs) (laughs) My subconscious is like, your dog is thirsty, wake up. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Harry doesn't know anything about parenthood yet. (laughs) Or good pet ownership. (laughs) No, he's never had a pet. Oh, I I lied. He has Hedwig, but, yep, nope, correct. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, the way that this uh, Headless Hunt dude is treating Nearly Headless Nick makes me really sad. That guy is a dick. The guy's such a dick. It's a real bummer. Two things related to that, though. One is, I agree that Nick can't join the hunt. Like, pretty much everything that they do relies on being able to take your head off. And he can't. And I'm sorry. I do have some questions about that in terms of, like, why he can't complete the beheading when we get to the health and science section. Right, yes. But, not yet. But, yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry, Nick, but, like, this asshole is actually correct, my Mm -hmm. friend. Also, Nick's joke where he calls him Sir Properly Decapitated Podmore (laughs) great. It's so good, and I feel like it's... Not a joke for Harry, it's a joke for us, which I which I love. Totally, yeah. So, for all that Harry is actually, overall, a pretty good dude, he fucking reads Filch's mail, like, what the fuck? Like, dude. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> That's very... I, I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Oh, yeah, so my next note is just, like, these candles... These black candles that burn blue flames. Um, (laughs) I want them. Obviously, I want them. Uh, Why would you? Why would you not want those? They're great. I feel like I just have so many notes of the description of this party that just say so goth, (laughs) and I'm just like, this is great. Like, I want to be at this right. Like, I want some black candles with blue flame and like. Let me lead you through these, like, velvet curtains into my party, you know? 
Yeah. Evan and I, the house that we lived in when we met every like Halloween time, we would throw a quote unquote black banquet, which was like all of the food had to be black. Everyone had to wear all black. Like we would decorate the house super fucking goth and like only have candles going. And it was amazing. It was like that's something incredible. The best party, and people were so creative making black food. Like, uh, you know, you can like use beets, baked beets, to make things really dark, and like people would dye things with like squid ink. It was it was just it was very impressive. Like you would kind of think like, oh, it's just going to be like all chocolate, but it totally wasn't. People were bringing all sorts of varied kinds of of foods seaweed is a good one yeah i feel like i've definitely seen recipes with i don't know if it was activated charcoal but like charcoal base where it's like here's just like super gray ice cream with like charcoal and i'm like what yeah Ugh. so yeah sometime when you and i are in the same space we should probably throw a black banquet mm. in honor uh, of our gothness yes <laughs> yeah oh that that actually reminds me i was on twitter like i always am today and one of the trending hashtags today is world goth day <laughs> is it world goth day do i need to go apparently, on social media apparently so it's world goth day amazing all right uh what's the next front page um i just have one more okay which is here because i don't know where else it goes that's the point of this section. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we meet Moaning Myrtle in this chapter. Mm-hmm. But I. So I get like word of the day emails from the Oxford English Dictionary because nerd alert. <laughs> and apparently. Yes, it actually is pretty great. Um, apparently, Moaning Mini is a like 19. 19- 40s-ish, like, British slang for, like, a siren or, like, an airy siren or, like, a klaxon sound. So I'm assuming that that is what Moaning Myrtle's name is a play on. Fascinating. So. Yeah, I saw it. It came into my inbox in February, and I'm like, I cannot wait to talk Oh, my God. This. Good job. <laughs> I have a little folder that's, like, the words that are, like, for, you know. Anyway, yes, I was very excited because I'm like, look at you go. That's incredible. Amazing. Amazing. Um, okay, so it says that Dumbledore <clears throat> it says that Dumbledore booked a troop booked a troop of dancing skeletons, which means that there is a troop of dancing skeletons who can be booked. Presumably are paid. <laughs> what the fuck? What we okay. never again meet animated skeletons who presumably are still people. I flailing arms like what, what, what? And if I just okay, please answer me. I mean, so the more troubling idea is that they're sentient skeletons, which is horrifying. I feel like it. Probably is just like the wizarding witching world version of like a birthday clown. Like you hire someone and they like enchant the skeletons to dance and they're like, I don't know, paid by the hour. I don't know. 
Which would also be a cool so thing like at a, a birthday party. Magic puppet show. Yeah. Accepted. Also, how can I get that at my birthday party? Yeah. <laughs> that would be so awesome. That would be really great. <sighs> great. Okay. I'm really glad that that's the answer because I was pretty upset about this. <laughs> um, okay. So Harry describes the pumpkins as being big enough for three men to sit inside, which is a really funny way to say how big the pumpkins are but i really like the visual and i imagine them having like a little like tea party in a fort but like three grown men probably in business suits like oh my god it's like a little table inside a pumpkin it's like a table in there uh-huh. oh my god yep yep so thanks harry for this very strange uh size description I feel like really, no matter which, no matter which party you're at, you're having a really awesome goth time. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Just one of them has better food. Yes, definitely. Uh, next up, the Gloomy Nuns is my new band name. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good name. <laughs> <laughs> so funny what are these gloomy nuns doing at nick's death day party who knows but yes that's definitely like a band name for the ages you know they gotta get out of haunting the convent or whatever gloomy nuns haunt empty churches i don't know (laughs) so gloomy (laughs) oh god My last question is, Nick addresses his party guests as lords, ladies, and gentlemen, which makes me have the question, is lords a gender-neutral way to address people? It could be. I don't know. It actually is very confusing that he has three different words, but... I'm into it. I'm super into being Lord Lark. Welcome to Editorials, where we rant about stuff. Starting with Nick's fucking execution. Yeah. What What? the shit? Holy fucking hell. So this is clearly the downside of wizards being somehow physically tougher than humans. Is that, what do you say, 50? 40. 40 something. 40. 40 something. Okay, great. Well, not great, but that was one of my questions was, was, he wasn't alive for all of those, was he? But you're saying yes. I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like if he was dead before, like, I I mean, I guess it also is a question then of how ghosts work, because I'm assuming that if... He died, and he has that, like, half an inch of meat still connecting his head. That if he had died sooner, there'd be, there'd be more of his neck intact, right? I mean, oh, I don't shit. know, because how right. the fuck Would do ghosts work? Would your ghostly state be the same as your body at the time of death? Oh, shit. Yeah. 45 is the answer. 45 times. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Holy shit. What was he decapitated by, like, a child? How does that... (laughs) Did he say it was a dull axe? It must have been, like, a... Like, was it a rock tied to a stick? Like, I don't know what... 
Yeah, yeah, he does say it was a dull axe, but a, even a dull axe wielded by a strong human, I feel like it would not take that many whacks to to at least make you die, you know? Yeah, I feel like just from, I mean, I've never decapitated anyone, but I feel like just trying to, like, cut up a turkey, I'm like, you hit it a couple times even with a dull butcher knife, and it like, but I guess there's a lot of meat to a human neck. So yeah, I mean, I guess if his magic was keeping him alive... But like, <sighs> yeah. And I, we learn later, we, this is all supposed to be in health and science, but it doesn't matter. We learn later that um, there's some sort of like spell involved in like becoming a ghost after you die, it seems like, or some sort of like magical decision making. Uh, I wonder if like his decision to become a ghost, if that somehow like prolongs or like changes the, the like experience the physical death of a person Mm. because there's some sort of like magical conversion taking place that maybe like takes time. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, there's definitely some kind of like weird magical conversion that is happening. I, I wonder if the time varies because we have Myrtle who dies pretty quickly, but is still a ghost, but something happened in between the basilisk looking at her and whatever the part of your soul that is becomes a ghost, like, going wherever souls go. Right, but she doesn't know what killed her. If she became a ghost immediately, she would have been in the bathroom as quickly as, like, she would have uh. seen the basilisk leaving. So she mm-hmm. was, like, in some sort of, like, in-between state long enough for the basilisk to leave mm-hmm. before her ghostly self was there. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. It's all very mysterious. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's your editorial? Why aren't there showers in the Quidditch locker room? There are. Why is Harry tracking mud through the fucking castle? <laughs> because he had to walk all the way from the Quidditch pitch back to the castle, and the whole grounds are super muddy. Can you just go to the Quidditch? The locker room's at the Quidditch pitch. Yeah, so, oh. So you're saying even if you had showers, you'd get dirty going from the Quidditch pitch to the castle. Yeah, because it's all muddy. That's fair. Also, he does not take a shower. He just cha- he just says he changes, and I'm like, take a shower, dude. Yeah. You're covered in mud. Well, he's also, like, been rained on the whole time, so maybe he's just... <laughs> I mean, he's been in the sky. That's true. So he gets muddy on his way back. He wasn't muddy because of Quidditch. Uh, I find the Bloody Baron very upsetting. We'll probably talk about this many, many a time, but, like, what the fuck? Why is this dude allowed in the school? Why is he the ghost of a house? Like, there are other ghosts in the school that don't belong to a specific house, and even the other ghosts hate him? What the fuck? I am distraught by this. Well, I mean, isn't he a direct line in a in, like a direct Slytherin line though isn't he isn't he a member of that uh, I mean he clearly embodies the like rampant sex the like sexist <sighs> nature of the Slytherins so sure but like who gave him permission to be the Slytherin ghost like that if even other ghosts want to avoid him he should not be allowed to be in the position of like being around children yeah 
we allow terrible people around children is the Hogwarts other motto. Besides gross <laughs> oversight. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he shouldn't be there. No. And I'm just he's, like... He's distressing. Yeah. Yeah, and then this scene with Fred and George feeding fireworks to a salamander is horrifying. It, like... I know that they have, like, no respect for animals at all in the witching world. But, like, this is... I get it, it's ma- it's a magical salamander. But, like, they are torturing this salamander. Yeah, it is really... It is very unfortunate. Um, I'm glad that salamander lived to escape into the fire. Or whatever. Did it? Because it says it escapes into the fire and then there are ensuing explosions, quote unquote. So we actually don't have any evidence that the salamander doesn't die once it's in the fire. Alright, so according to the internet, fire-dwelling salamanders in Harry Potter are small, magical, fire-dwelling lizards that feed on fire. I mean, I feel like this is a regular salamander. I mean, this isn't to say that this isn't fucked up, but I do think that salamander was probably okay. I mean, like I said, it's a magic salamander. I mm-hmm. I get that, but I just feel like this is still really fucked up. Also, salamanders aren't lizards. <laughs> Side yeah. note. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, they are, in fact, amphibians. Welcome to the politics section, where we talk about things that are fucked up. Starting with Filch, Human Rights Violation Watch. Pew, pew, pew. My all caps note says he's got the fucking flu and he's cleaning the castle and he can't even do magic. What the actual fuck? Uh, yes. Also, why the fuck did he? The chapter starts out with everyone drinking pepper up potion. Why the fuck doesn't Filch get any of that? Maybe he can't because he's a muggle. So why does he fucking have sick days? Why is he fucking still out doing shit? I'm like... That's the question. I'm assuming Filch can't take the potion because he's a squib. Can we not use the word squib? Can we just call him a muggle? Because I feel like squib is a derogatory term. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. Do you feel like that? Does it feel that way to you? Actually, it does. And it actually ties into the one thing that I want to talk about, about squibs. Cool. Yeah, so I'm assuming I'm assuming that like if a muggle takes that pepper up potion, like it probably doesn't go over very well for them. Yeah, that's probably true. So. Uh, but yes, why doesn't he have sick days? Why why isn't he like being given elderberry syrup and ginger and garlic in the infirmary, or at least like chilling out in his room with his cat? Yeah. Why is he cleaning frog brains off of the ceiling and, like, mopping up mud in a castle where, like, literally everyone but him can do magic? And this dude's a fucking muggle. Like, what are they doing? Yeah, it's just, like, it's so... It's so fucked up. And it's, like... And it's so ridiculous that it's, like... It's, like, in the first book you get it, like, everyone, like all the kids hate Filch and like even Harry doesn't like spare much of a thought to him besides like trying to avoid getting caught by him and Ms. Right. Norris. 
But, I mean, he does... So, like, it takes to this chapter him to be, like, after he reads his fucking mail, to be like, oh, is he not a proper wizard? And it's like, bro, if he's fucking sweeping and mopping with a mop, like, what do you think is happening? I know. That's actually... <laughs> that, he, that he wants to do this shit? Right, exactly. Right, like, Ron's detention was, like, cleaning the trophy room with Filch no magic. Did Ron think Filch also had detention? Like... <laughs> He was just doing it without magic in solidarity with Ron. Like, what the fuck? I mean, I assume that Phyllis didn't do anything and Ron was doing all the polishing. Oh, maybe. I hope so. I hope he was, like, playing darts. I feel like Phyllis <laughs> is a darts player. He feels like a darts player to me. <laughs> right? Just talking to Miss Norris and, like, watching Ron struggle to, like, polish something. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, but that's something that, like, I have, I had in corrections, is that, like, it seems to be the case that, like, Harry has outed Filch as a squib. But that's just ridiculous. Like, this is, it's not, it's not even, like, an open secret. It just is, like, obvious. Everyone knows that Filch can't do magic. Right, But, I mean, I guess if a lot of people are like Harry and just don't only think about how mean he is and how they want to avoid him, like, they probably don't, maybe don't put that much thought into it. I mean, Hermione, Hermione probably has, but, like... Well, but kids love to, like, speculate about teachers and especially about teachers that they don't like. So mm. I feel like, given that there is such disdain for people who can't do magic, that's something that people would latch, like the kids would latch on to. And like, it would be like, you know, the kind of gossip that spreads from like one year to the next, like, Oh, you know, Filch, yeah. that like terrible caretaker guy. Like he can't even do magic. I heard he's a squib, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think you're right that it's definitely a correction where, it, like, it works for the plot here, but it really should have been a thing that, like, Harry should have been exposed to, like, immediately on, on you know, getting into Hogwarts from, like, the other kids. Yeah, and it works for the plot, but it also would have worked to just, like, offhandedly mention that, yeah. or, like, have Fred or George say something to them or, like ron come back from detention and be like why do i have to do it by hand just because filch is a squib and can't yeah. do magic you know there's like lots mm -hmm. of ways to do it that aren't like i don't know and i think the whole quick spell thing is kind of like at least filch having the quick spell thing is kind of nonsense like he knows what a squib is he knows that he can't do magic you know mm-hmm we're going to talk about Quickspell in a second, but the other part of the Human Rights Violation Watch that I want to talk about is that his fucking office is in the dungeon with no windows, and it's lit by an oil lamp, which are not safe to breathe in a room with, that is unventilated with a fucking oil lamp in it. Like, for the love of God. Like, is he, is this some sort of, like, he's in, actually in hell? And, like, this is his punishment for something terrible he did in life. Dumbledore yeah, yeah. is fucked up, but he doesn't seem like the kind of fucked up guy that is, like, you. You have the flu, clean frog brains off the ceiling without magic, and then go back to your dungeon office and breathe fumes from a fucking oil lamp. Like, <laughs> that is 
terrible. Yeah, I... I mean... I think what I say to that is that Dumbledore is not immune to the prejudices in the witching world against, you know, people who don't have magic. Um, So I feel like even though while he probably isn't actively cruel to Filch, it's very clear that it's just like passively like cruel. Because right, like why is he in this fucking unventilated tiny ass office? Like, why is the fuck is he working? There's like he's hundreds sick? of unused rooms in this castle. Why they can't probably have he windows. have a beautiful tower room? Right. Where where will Miss Norris sit but in a windowsill to hang out? Like, no wonder on. she's such a grumpy cat. She has to live in the fucking basement. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just... And I feel like it only gets worse from here. <laughs> this book about Felch and just like his treatment and how it's like sort of played for laughs and I'm like this isn't this isn't funny you guys I don't even know it's like did did you think this was funny this is not funny this is like deeply unkind you know after I, I won't lie I kind of feel that way about the quick spell letter also yes that's that's yeah the dude who's like, I turned my wife into a yak. And it's like, that's literally domestic violence. <laughs> like, right. that literally was being described. So. It's, right, is that not illegal? It must not be, because otherwise, why would he? I mean, but, hold, because also, this quick spell thing is clearly a scam. So these yeah. reviews are written by the creator of quick spell. So it's not like a real person who's admitting to doing this but like the so. fact that they wrote that indicates that like this is a society that would be like oh your wife was like a nagging you know annoying lady like sure turn her into a yak no big deal i actually literally wrote in my notes that it reminded me of those like late night like television ads for like herbal viagra or something <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> where it's like um like what even is happening uh but and so i was thinking about how yeah the quick spell thing just seems very like terrible infomercial which got me thinking about so there's an article a couple of years ago where someone was like if you think that silly infomercials for like putting your sock on or like slicing a banana with like one hand is for people who are lazy it's like these things are probably for people who have like mobility issues and disability issues yeah which leads me to the question that i want to ask you is are squibs an unintentional metaphor for like people with disabilities because if you're thinking that if you if you if we think of magic as like a thing you need to have to like a thing that their entire which is society is built on, if you don't have that, then mm-hmm. like there's so many things that aren't accessible to you in the witching world, right? And and I felt the way that like Filch is treated is like almost like an accessibility issue. So I feel like my 
my read on squib, quote-unquote squibs, has always been more that they are the witch-borns of the Muggle society. Like, mm-hmm. they're this, they're just the same. Like, Muggle-borns are part of witching society because they have magic, and squibs, by the same logic, are just are muggles because Mm -hmm. they're born to witches but don't have magic which is why like so like miss uh miss miss fig makes sense to me because she lives in the muggle world and like is a muggle yeah which is why it's so baffling to me that filch is here like in the Mm -hmm. witching world when by all means like he just was born a muggle which like i don't really read being a muggle as like being someone who's disabled i guess i i've for a long time read filch as he just he still wants to be in this world that he was born into like he still wants to be a part of the witching society but there's just so many things that he can't access with it but he's still kind of like i feel like it's kind of like a thing where it's like if i can get these crumbs like that, like this is what I want to at least be close to it even if I don't have it so I think maybe I've always kind of thought there's been a little bit of like I don't know a little bit of like masochism in the way that he's like literally working in a witching school but like cannot will never be able to do even what like the first year students can so I agree with that I just don't think that it's like an accessibility issue I don't know does that make sense yeah yeah, I mean, this. that's why I asked, because it was sort of like, only like a sort of half thought out. And there is no, there is no like real world equivalent of what like Filch's situation is, mm-hmm. I don't think. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but keeping on the topic of Filch and his masochism, despite our you know, hefty amount of, like, pity and, like, horror at his treatment. This dude keeps oiled manacles in his office, is described as being in a battle against the students of Hogwarts. And something is very wrong here. And my note was, my dude, get a new job. <laughs> like, Yeah, no. But, yeah, the end result is that he needs, like, a new job, some therapy a vacation like maybe he just needs like two more cats to hang out with like i don't know yeah i mean he should have left as soon as i i feel like squibs if you're a witch parent and you have a squib you send them to muggle schools like as soon as it's clear that they don't have magic just enroll them in muggle schools and like be really clear with them that like they're not lesser than because they can't do magic it just is like genetics and they don't have that and they are gonna grow up and like graduate from muggle high school and like go to college if they want to and like get a job and like fall in love and be people and that's totally i feel like if you're born if that happened in a family where the parents were like muggle born maybe a couple generations like removed from that but I feel like if Filch's family is pure blood, 
Like, I feel like he would have grown up hearing all this rhetoric against how, like, terrible and less than muggles are. And probably also, they would have probably waited out to see, like, with Neville. Probably just, like, doing terrible things to him to see if his magic would develop and be like, well, you didn't get your Hogwarts letter, so, you know. I feel like Filch's masochism is probably rooted in just, like, pure blood supremacy bullshit. So does that mean that he's, like, fully uneducated? Like, he didn't go to Hogwarts, and he hadn't gone to school up until 11 because they don't do that. And so he, like, never went to I mean, school? And then how did he get his job at Hogwarts? I mean, maybe he had tutors. I mean, he can clearly, like, he's clearly literate, you know? Well, hopefully all the kids are literate before they get to Hogwarts. It, it, it seems like it, but... But, I mean, if he didn't go to Muggle High School and he didn't go to Hogwarts, like, he didn't... Because if he had gone to Muggle High School, he would have made friends and got... He he clearly, like, never... He never received, like, an education. Even if they did private tutors, what would they teach him? Because they only teach magic at Hogwarts. They don't value, you know, all of the things that we learned in school that, like, teach you how to think right that feel really pointless at the time but actually the point is to like help develop your mind in creative ways and like teach creative thinking and problem solving and whatever i mean maybe this is the root of why felt at this job that he clearly hates like there might have been he doesn't know anything about muggle stuff and doesn't know much about like witching stuff yeah maybe he just got a job cleaning somewhere when he was like 12 and somehow ended up at Hogwarts. This is very depressing. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that Dumbledore stepped in at some point to be like, I'm going to give you a chance to manually clean this entire fucking castle. But, I mean, it's sort of like, is this a kindness? It's hard to no. tell. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's terrible. <sighs> so. Okay. What else? There's so, so much in politics today. All right. I don't have anything else about... The only thing I had was a thing about Filch, so... Okay. This one's really short, but I would just like to notify the witching world that living beings are not quote-unquote decorations, and they should stop decorating with bats, and then later fairies maybe already in the last book at, at the yule feast they decorated with fairies which are people yeah that's not a decoration that's a person like it's a glowing person but it's still a person that's fucked up i want them to stop also i think bats poop like a lot and i'm pretty sure you can get sick from like breathing air that's full of guano Maybe the bats are transfigured. Do transfigured bats not poop? I don't know. Do, I don't know if transfigured animals poop. <laughs> like, do they eat? It's it's a very weird, like, gr- like gray area of like. So if you trans, if you like transfigure like a rock into a bat, I think it's a real what? bat. I think the rock as a bat is a real bat that has to eat and poop. Maybe the Great Hall is just covered in bat shit. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it is not, that's not far outside of the realm of what we could believe about Hogwarts, given everything. This is, tr- this is true. And the, like, terrible 
air quality. Yeah, maybe the Great Hall is just full of bat shit. <laughs> I don't like it. Oh, man. It's going to make everyone's loose cat very sick. They should really consider this. Right? Oh, my God, cats. <sighs> we haven't talked about the cats in so long. Where are the cats pooping? <laughs> this is the real question. Outside? Hopefully. Cats, man, it's raining outside right now, like, a lot. Those cats are not going outside to poop. They are just, like, yeah. finding corners of the castle. It's probably fucking Filch's job to find all the cat shit and pick it up. I hope it's either that or one very sad house elf. Yeah. Oi. Okay. Uh, also, briefly, I have a describing Hermione as bossy alert. Because we said we'd be on alert for her getting unfair descriptions. descriptions. Yeah. Uh, and her bossiness is reminding Harry that he promised to go to someone's birthday party. Like, what the fuck? That's not being bossy. That's being a good friend. Right? And also knowing that Harry would have been like, oh yeah, I forgot to go to your thing. And it's like... You kind of owe Nick. You should go to his party. Totally. He's fucking like, saved your ass. God damn it. Yeah. You, you owe him a solid. Yeah. And destroyed a priceless artifact. Anyway, whatever. But. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so my last politics says, wow, wow, wow. Draco's response to this whole thing. Oh my God. I know. I was just like, Really? What an what an asshole! And also, like everyone's just gonna stand around and like let him say that and not, and then be like, "Harry's the heir of Slytherin." Like, what? Come yeah. on, this dude literally was like, "Yeah!" <laughs> like, ah, yikes! Yeah. Oh, bigoted Draco! Why does yeah. no one keep? Why does no one keep you in check? Literally. Yep. Also, why were why were there no teachers? Where are the prefix to be like shut the fuck up, mouth? Right? Like literally, where is anyone? Yeah, ever. Yeah, which takes us really nicely into one of my corrections. So let's jump to corrections. Okay. Welcome to corrections, where we correct stuff. Because what is Draco even? doing there his common room <laughs> is in the dungeon i was that's a good question i was also like why are there students coming from both ends of the corridor like it should be only the gryffindors and probably the ravenclaws because right, everyone else is in, the, is in the dungeons right yeah i guess the hufflepuffs are technically in the dungeon because the kitchens are below the great hall huh mm-hmm. yeah yeah it Given that Malfoy doesn't belong there, and then is like, enemies of the air beware, fuck yeah, like everyone should be like, that guy did it. Like, well, what I are mean, you even doing here? I mean, Harry and Ron Hermione, like, it's that dude. It's sure, him. but everyone else is yeah. like, it's Harry. It's like, okay, of everybody in this hallway, who actually is where they don't belong right now, and also was like, <laughs> Fuck yes. One human. Singularly yeah. Draco Malfoy. <sighs> but then the plot. How would the plot <laughs> But <work>? the plot? <laughs> 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 oh, 
Okay. Uh, do you have corrections? I don't have any corrections. Okay, so the other one is this spate of colds, which are a mundane muggle illness. <laughs> Maybe they're witching colds. No. <laughs> it's a cold. It just is a cold. And it's going around school. And clearly the flu is also, because Filch has the flu and you have to catch the flu from someone. So. Yeah. More that, uh, more, more holes in the world building there. It's like, oh, so they can, they can get colds. Yeah. The plot of this book is Swiss cheese. <laughs> it truly is. <laughs> the okay. worst of the cheeses, truly. Oh man, I like Swiss cheese. I do not like. That's the only cheese I don't like. Only really good like... Swiss cheese has to be high quality. Maybe I've never owned. Maybe I've never had good Swiss cheese. I like that you just almost said owned good Swiss cheese. I don't know if I've ever owned any good Swiss cheese. <laughs> 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 you know, in my, uh, you know, my cheese seller. A long history of cheese ownership. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the health and science section, where we talk about things that are loosely related to health and or science. It's time to talk about ghosts. What the fuck? I have the longest list of questions. I feel like you had half of the things that I had also made notes about to be like, wait, what? But also how? But also letters. Ghost. What does that even mean? Starting with ghost letters. What are ghost letters written on? What is, how, what is it written with? Ghosts can't touch things. So they have a ghost pen and ghost paper. How are the letters delivered? Via ghost owl? I mean, probably ghost owl if they were ghost horses, question mark. But like, okay, but like letters and paper, like they're, it's like not a dead sentient thing. So I'm like, like, how do you even get ghost letters? But the paper is translucent, right? Yeah. And the like yeah, he he puts the letter in his like pocket or whatever. And it's a translucent letter, but I'm like how? How? And then are ghosts tied to a place or not? Because I feel like they should be tied to either like a place or a person because Myrtle gets a restraining order and then she has to come live at Hogwarts. Because yes. I assume that's, like, her only other option. Yeah. And, I mean, they mentioned, like, some other... All these ghosts coming down to Hogwarts from, like, other places, so... But I don't think that should I... be possible. Because why would any... Why would anyone just stay in one place for all eternity if they could travel? Yeah. Like, especially if you don't need money or to eat. You can do whatever you want. Why the fuck would you stay at Hogwarts? Yeah, surrounded by children. Right? When you're like, an ad- like, right. You'd be like haunting someplace cool. Especially if you're like, I mean, the gray lady clearly hates everybody. So like, why would she be there if she could go somewhere else? It is. <laughs> this might be a correction. I don't know. Because right, it's just very confusing. Maybe. I mean, I guess it probably has to, maybe it has to be a magical place. I don't know. Hmm. 
Because I guess if you haunted, like, the Louvre, it'd be like, well, people could see you, and that's against the Statue of Secrecy, so. What the fuck are they going to do to a ghost? (laughs) This is also true. Just do what you want. You're literally (laughs) incorporeal. (sighs) I feel like if exorcisms existed in this world, the Bloody Baron would not still be around, so... Yeah. No, for sure. So that's my question that I had earlier is about, like, why can't Nick finish his decapitation? If there's ghost pens and ghost paper, why isn't there a ghost axe that he can use to, like, sever the rest of his neck? Right. Or even just have, like, I don't know, like a ghost horse stomp on it or something. Like, ghost guillotine to do the fucking job right in the first place. Yeah. And how, okay. I don't know. How did they set up this party? Because the candles and the food and the other stuff, these are all tangible items. Harry can touch them, presumably. I think a, I think a house elf probably did it. Did the house elves make the feast? Maybe. I mean, I'm sure the house elves did make the feast, probably. Or, I mean, half it's rotting, so it's probably just like, let's just, we just keep some stuff out. Let it get weird. We need to talk about this rotting food. Actually, yes. So, like, can they smell things? Like, is that why... I'm just, like... That's so counterintuitive. Wouldn't you want it... If you could smell it but not taste it, wouldn't you want it to be, like, fresh and delicious smelling and not horrid? I mean, yes. But, I mean... I guess if you're thinking that, like, rotting things have such a stronger smell but a bad smell they smell bad i mean it seems weird that like they'd want to try to taste that anyway like hermione's like the rotting makes it taste stronger but it doesn't taste the same it tastes bad like if you want to taste stronger put too much salt on it or make it really spicy (laughs) don't let it rot like what the fuck are you doing that's foul Yeah, it's real weird. I don't like it. (laughs) Maggoty haggis is a sentence, a phrase that should not exist in this world. Like, I would like to strike that from the entire (laughs) existence of everything. I mean, maybe you've been a ghost for so long, maybe you just sort of resent things that would be freshly dead and your goth sensibility is like, I need this to be rotten. Dude. I don't know. Just no. Also, it's just depressing because, like, they can't taste it anyway. So just, like, don't even do it. I hate it. <laughs> don't even have food? No. I mean, yeah. You're a fucking ghost. Like, don't have food and certainly don't have gross food. Like, that's depressing. That's not... Yeah. That doesn't make me happy. I mean, maybe the point isn't to be happy like they have this like terrible orchestra where it just sounds like just like like the most abrasive scratching sound you can think of and i'm like okay i want to talk about that because i think that (laughs) i think that our description that we get from harry is wrong because the musical saw can sound fucking awesome and i think that they're just being shithead kids but probably like can can you imagine like you probably want to listen to an orchestra of musical saws like Okay, I will say that years ago on some, oh God, was it fucking Home Improvement? 
like watching someone play like green sleeves with a saw and you're like this is awesome how are you doing that yeah yeah no i lived in new orleans there are many a musical saw player in new orleans and like that shit sounds cool (laughs) definitely i think i think this orchestra sounds amazing and very very spooky because like a musical saw sounds a lot like a theremin if you are familiar with that it's very spooky, but like, God, a trained orchestra all on the musical saw? Incredible. Harry's just wrong. However, are these ghosts and are they playing ghost saws? <laughs> they are 110% playing ghost saws. <laughs> I mean, the one uh, headless asshole has a ghost horn, so to announce the ghost horses. What is going on? I don't understand. <laughs> uh, Do you have other ghost questions? I feel like we covered a lot of them. Ghost horses seem cool. They do. Thank you for listening to The Gaily Prophet. We have some very awesome limited edition merch uh, t-shirt right now. Inspired by our, our interview with Kaylee that happened earlier in Pride Month. The t-shirt says... A race pedigree, not bisexuality. 100% of the proceeds are going to the Neutral Zone, a um, LGBTQ teen center in Ann Arbor, Michigan, because Midwest teens, you know, need a little extra support. (laughs) So if you feel inspired by either that t-shirt or the awesomeness of the Neutral Zone, you should uh, buy one. Check it out. Buy one for your bisexual friends who are annoyed about bi yes. because that is all of us <laughs> truly or buy them for your harry potter fan friends who are annoyed by pettigrew so if you look at the venn diagram of that it's probably at least your whole friend group that needs one of these t-shirts that is definitely a very large oval yep. for sure <laughs> um so those are only available through July 11th. So come July 11th, we'll look at how many you all have purchased and then we will purchase them accordingly. So make sure that you don't miss that deadline. If you like our show and want us to succeed in life, which you should, because we're awesome, mm-hmm. um, you should tell all your friends to listen to our podcast because word of mouth is an excellent recommendation. You could also post about, you could also share our things from social media. You can rate and review us on iTunes. That is always helpful. And we will read your name at the beginning of the episode enthusiastically and excitedly, which are two of the same things. Um, You could also buy our awesome merch. We have t-shirts and mugs and postcards and stickers to put on your car or bike or over someone's terrible NRA sticker. Stick them yeah. <laughs> stick them in bar bathrooms. Get them everywhere. And if you just really need some more of our content in your life, we have a Patreon where we post Patreon-exclusive content like our fanfiction magazine <laughs> and behind-the-scenes look at our text message business (laughs) meetings, which are hilarious and ridiculous. 
<laughs> you can find all that all of that on our website 100 percent of it our merch the link to our patreon the links to our socials it's all there at thegailyprofit.com you can also find us directly on social media on facebook and instagram at thegailyprofit you can email us at thegailyprofit at gmail.com there's also a contact form on our website so if you don't want to have to open your your gmail account or whatever you use uh, you can just click on letters to the editor on our website and do it there. Um, if you want to follow me between episodes, uh, I am on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit. And I am on Instagram at live from Detroit. You can find me in between episodes on my website, which is larkmalachi.com, L-A-R-K-M-A-L-A-K-A-I.com, where you can learn about all the different kinds of work that I do. You can also find me on Instagram, at larkmalachi, or at radicalhealer. Our theme music is by Kevin McLeod. Our spoiler warning is by friend of the pod, Sarah Sauer. And our logo... And the weekly comics on our website and Instagram that you should definitely be looking at is by Theo Julian Forrester. And uh, you can find all the lovely humans on in our show notes if you want to check out more of their stuff. Until next time. Fermentation. Moaning Minnie. Dampen. Saw.